everybody. Welcome back for another episode of Coach My World. I am Renee Roberts and I am your therapeutic coach. Thank you guys for your continual support. Thank you for continuing to download and share the podcast. Also, thank you for those of you that have allowed me to come and join you on your healing journeys by booking sessions with me. And if you have not checked me out yet, I want you to go ahead and check me out at IamReneeRoberts.com. There you will find my book it link and um, let's go. Let's get some things rolling for your healing journey. And if you are not following me on Facebook and Instagram, you can find me at I am Renee Roberts. Um, at Facebook, you can join the Coach My World Podcast Fan Facebook group. I always have to think about that long name. I really need to change it. But you know what I'm talking about. Uh, that group is literally for discussions for the podcast. You can go ahead and pitch your ideas put your comments, put your post in there pertaining to the podcast. Uh, discussion is fully open and we would love to have your thoughts. Yes. And of course, my ultimate goal is for each episode to be a therapeutic time of healing, self-discovery and for progress for your life. So let's get our lives moving forward. What is up, fam? I hope you have enjoyed this Family Matters limited series that I've brought to you because we have now come to the end of the road on this one. And yes, I'm thinking about the song. Go ahead and hum it a little bit. Although we've come to the end. Okay, get it out your system. All right. I know you heard it because I heard it as I was saying it. But no worries. At some point, I will get into some other family matters for you. So I just want to really jump right into this last segment of family matters. Talking about family trauma. It is really disheartening to know that trauma in families is so common. And even worse, it becomes normalized in our families. This dysfunctional norm creates so much dysfunction in how we deal emotionally and how we relate to people. And the sad reality about that is that those dysfunctional behaviors become so normal that it's hard to recognize the need for change. So we just keep living and evolving in our cracked armor, never challenging challenging our dysfunctional behaviors. Understand that traumatic events are scary, guys, and many times they could be life-threatening or even violent, and no one is exempt from it. That is no one. I don't care how good your family is or how good it looks. I don't care how long you've been in your religion or your church or into God. It can happen to any of us. That's if it hasn't already happened, right? So I want to get into one of the main areas that I believe families struggle with when it comes to family trauma, and that is awareness. Awareness is key. I coach people, coach therapeutically coach people on a daily basis. And let me tell you, most of pe- most people that come to me uh, don't really know. They're not aware of the traumatic uh, experiences or they're not aware of the impact of the traumatic experiences that they may have experienced in their families. And so when we draw connections, which is what I love doing, drawing connections from uh, injury to, uh, you know, your past, it's shocking when some re- some realize like, oh my God, I didn't realize that that was from my childhood or that was from when I was a teenager or that was because of my mom and dad. Like 
it's, it's the awareness is key. So I want to get into some awareness when it comes to uh, family trauma. All right. So just bear with me. Uh, this this ride may get a little tight. So um, just breathe through it as I'm talking. And if something gets triggered once again, I want you to pause it. Let's process through what you're feeling. And when you feel you are able to listen again, challenge yourself to jump back in where you left off. All right. Now, unfortunately, because most of our family trauma begins during our childhood, there is a lack of awareness. So don't feel any kind of way if you have not been aware, you know, but we downplay a lot of things and give rationale for why it was done because it was so normal. Now, remember, normal does not mean good. Normal does not mean healthy. So just because it's normal, it does not make it best for you, right? Now, I'm going to talk about a few things that we need to learn to be aware of when it comes to our family traumas. Yes. Now, physical abuse is one. It's one of those things that has been normalized in our families under the guise of discipline or it has been normalized under the warped rule of don't tell the family business or whatever happens in this house stays in this house. You know, so that's been normalized as a rule and we all understand it well. But that's but but let me go back to the discipline part first. Discipline, fam is is not physical abuse. All right? Physical abuse is straight up punishment. The goal of discipline is to correct the behavior, not tear down the child's dignity, destroy their self-esteem, break their spirits by beating the crap out of them. That's slavery mentality. Physical violence has been proven to cause so many psychological issues in our children in their development, in their emotional development, in their psychological states. And I'm not bashing the occasional pop on the hand or little smack on the butt because I do believe that sometimes it's necessary and I have seen it work when it's done with the right spirit, with the right heart and under the right information having some understanding of what you're doing. But this violence and of hitting and slapping your child, throwing things at them, punching them, slinging them around, that is traumatic. Now, the other form of physical abuse is when uh, the child experiences rape or, mes- or molestation by a family member and is told to keep quiet about it. I, or, 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 I'm just thinking about this. Sometimes it's not even about being quiet about it. The parents just don't do anything about it. And I have heard how parents have ignored the signs in efforts to preserve the family. What the heck? Are you freaking kidding me? This type of abuse also affects children psychologically well into their adulthood. Okay. Now this is trauma, fam. This is, this is family trauma. I don't care if it's normal. You could say, you know, it happens in all of our families. It happens in our culture. It's trauma. It's trauma and it is wrong. Now let's talk about another aspect, psychological abuse. This is another trauma that has been normalized in our families. You know, verbally violent arguments, the name calling, the constant yelling and calling people out of their names. This this all contributes to emotional dysfunctions and a child's self-worth, which as an adult becomes extremely, extremely 
abnormal for um, individuals at, at their particular states, stages of development. Now, unfortunately, children grow up in those conditions on a common basis. I get it. But remember what I said, just because it's normal, just because it's common doesn't mean it's good. Now, some of us, if we're honest, we grew up in those conditions. We, we, you understand exactly what I'm talking about. And it's not that our parents or our guardians intentionally ha- tried to harm us or put us in harm's way. But most of those behaviors actually ha- are transgenerational. This means that they were behaviors that were learned by the previous generations or the, or, or the, the, the matriarchs, the hierarchy in the family. So they pass it down. So if my mama did it, your mom, her mama did it, and then her mama did it, you know, your great, great, great. Like, this is how it, it, this is how it has been working, whether it has worked or not. We keep up the same maladaptive uh, patterns of behaviors or the maladaptive traditions in efforts to what? What are we doing? And, and let me tell you, it's the farthest thing from the truth, fam. That's the far, like you, you doing what your mama did and what they did. Did it work for you? Like, honestly, not just because you stayed out of jail or because you didn't do some other, other types of maladaptive behaviors, but you, you may not have been a behavioral nuisance, but you're, you're emotionally jacked up. So that didn't work. It didn't work. All right. Some of the other aspects of psychological trauma that I don't have time to get into include abandonment, the death of a parent or parents, suicide in the family, substance abuse in the family, and even poverty. Now, poverty, you will hear some things about people (coughs) that live in like some really dire straits uh, in poverty traumatic things. All right. But I don't have time to get into that, you know, but I coach people on a regular basis that are just trying to now deal with the psychological abuse of their childhood that was caused by their familial upbringing, the things that happened as they were growing up. And although it's possible, promise you, it is not so easy after you become an adult. So I definitely understand. And my empathy, my heart goes out to you if you're trying but you have to deal with it aggressively because it is so hard. You have to deal with it aggressively. All right. Let's get into another one. Neglect. Neglect is another trauma that's often overlooked. And because it, it if because of his un you know, let me how do I put this? Because of his veiled nature, meaning it's always so covered, it's so covert. I personally call this the passive form of abuse. This is a passive form of abuse. Neglect is widespread, first of all, and then it's common, it's, it's common in childhood. And of course, what parent wants to be identified or associated with neglecting their child or their children? As a parent, I know I never did or never wanted to. No one really does. But the reality of it is that all parents, all guardians at some point have neg- neglected their child. You, you've been negligent. We've been negligent at some point, okay? Now, let's explore what common neglect looks like before you get all salty and you're trying to challenge what I'm saying. These are some of the things I want you to think about because these are kind of, these are the covert areas of neglect when you're not being emotionally available. And I understand sometimes we can't be emotionally available because we are emotionally impaired ourselves, which makes, should put more of an urgency on us to do the work to heal from our own traumas so that we can be emotionally available for our children. 
So not being emotionally available, that is neglect, fam. That is emotional neglect. Not spending quality time on a frequent basis with your child or your children. That is neglect. Not providing structure. Do you understand that children need structure? They need structure for their development. They need they they shouldn't just be run, you know, just being just all over the place at all times at any time, getting in the bed when they want to, eating what they want to, going outside with when they like there has to be a structure and it is proven, it is scientifically proven. Structure is healthy and it is it is literally like a safe space for children to uh develop in a healthy way. All right. So not when you don't provide that structure and I'm not saying everybody's structure has to look the same, but there should be some sense of structure that you've provided for your children for their good. Uh, When you don't enforce enough sleep and proper nutrition for them. Once again, that falls into structure. They need a bedtime. They need meal times. All right. Don't just stick them up there with McDonald's and Burger King and all the fast foods. Uh, and if you have to do that, then find, make sure you're uh, making some health, helping them learn to make healthy selections for themselves. That's what a good uh, overseer of a child is going to do because you're thinking their long-term health, not their uh, immediate gratification. All right. Um, what's another one? Uh, when you allow the child to just be overly consumed with their phone, their electronics, their video games, you know, this is the age of the digital age. So when you don't place some, some boundaries on those things and you just let the kids do what they want to do, when they want to do, how long they want to do, you are not, you're neglecting their well being. You're neglecting, and I know, I know this sounds so strong, but I have to give it to you in this way so you can hear it and and cause it to challenge some of the old dogma you have concerning how, uh, what a child's freedoms and liberations should look like, okay? Um, When you allow the child to be unsupervised, what is that? Like, why is that child just running the streets by themselves and you don't know where they are, you know, like... I remember one day we went, we took the kids to the park and um, I took the kids to the park, I think this particular day. And there was a, a, a special needs child out there. I'm not sure if she was autistic or, you know, and, and um, high on the, like really high on the spectrum with it. But whatever her issue was, it was, she had a lot of behavior issues. So she was terrorizing the kids on the playground. Now I'm looking around because I have interest out there. I have three interests out there, my granddaughter and my two godchildren. And I'm looking like, okay, she's bothering them. And of course, you know, my granddaughter is very vocal. She came and she's just, you know, we're trying to teach her that not everybody is like you. And some kids need a little more grace. They need a little more patience. And you have to understand, but honey, my granddaughter was not having it that day. She had had enough. So I call her over to me. I'm like, Kennedy, come here. And she's like, gee, my, you know, she's saying what the little girl and I'm watching. I saw the little girl and I was on my way to intervene. But Miss Kennedy Roberts was already on it. And she's telling me, I don't care if she, I don't care if she's if she's different and she's, you know, special. Um, that doesn't give her a right to be rude. So... <laughs> So, of course, I'm like, you're absolutely right. I I don't even know how to break that down to a six-year-old. So I go over 
And I'm because now all the other parents are looking at me. They're thinking it's my child, that girl, because I'm now and I'm not vested in dealing. And I'm like, honey, no, you can't do that. I go. She's blocking the kids. They can't slide down the slime board. She's swiping at them. So I am now yelling over the playground. Whose child is this? Whose child is this? Because this child has been left unsupervised. Now, all the parents are looking at me like, I thought it was your child. And I'm like, no, ma'am, no, sir, not I. I'm here supervising my three. I don't know whose child this is, but we need to find the parents. Long story short, the parents were about, I will say, about at least 30 feet away with the little brother doing football toss. So the mom is chilled out. Dad is doing drills with the little boy. And the little girl is over at the park by herself just terrorizing people i immediately told her i said go to your mom go to your mom right so because you need to be supervised and so when we don't do that when we don't supervise our children that is neglect that is neglect i'm not saying they were bad parents i'm saying they were neglectful parents in that moment okay and if you're feeling some kind of way with the things i'm sharing about neglect and maybe some things are hitting home and you're like wait hold up you're trying to tell me i neglect if you neglect your child, that's what it is. I'm not calling you a bad parent. I'm just saying that's neglect. All right. You can call it what you want from there, but I'm just calling it what it is. Now, these the examples I gave, they may seem small. They may seem once again com- um, common, but uh, these common neglects, they too often go unattended uh, for our children during childhood. And you may be shocked to know that although they seem minor, uh, these types of neglects can impact a child's life in traumatic ways. And it may not surface until they become an adult, just like it didn't surface for you until you are now an adult. So don't sleep on these small things. Even when it comes to your own life, you may not have children, but you're dealing with some things from your childhood, traumatic, your tra- the traumatic events in your childhood. It's time to deal with them, okay? Don't sleep on them just because they were normal. Now, the other one I want to get into, uh, the last one, because time is running out, but domestic violence. Now, this is this is the last family trauma I'm going to address, all right? And then y'all can breathe and turn me off. What are we going to do with this? But domestic violence is one of those things that, that majorly impacts a child's life in so many negative ways. And I keep going back to a child because understand that most of our traumas originated in our childhood. Even if you were traumatized as an adult, I guarantee you it is attached to something in your childhood. All right. But let me leave that there. Um, you know, I can remember witnessing my own parents in in domestic violence. They were in these intense and physical arguments. And I'm talking about I was five years old. That's the that's the earliest I can remember. I'll put it that way. I don't know how long it was going on because right not too long after what I witnessed, my mom separated and we left and went to move in with my grandmother. But I can remember that to this day, y'all. I can see the visuals. I can see my mom and dad. I can hear the anger in their voices, the shouting, the screaming, the cussing, the, the fighting, like the physical hitting. And I also remember just holding my baby brother, who he was three at the time, two years younger, two years younger than me. And I was just trying to cover his little ears and trying to shield him from what was happening, you know, just pulling him into me uh, just to to like, hopefully he doesn't hear this. I know he heard it. I mean, what what can my little hands do? But I was so trying to protect him while I was just wide open, vulnerable to it. And what happened 
which is which is all too common in families is this after my grandmother picked us up because I don't know how that went down remember I'm five but after my grandmother came she's my she was my savior all the time she came and picked us up she rescued us from the toxic environment um but but here's the issue Although she rescued us from the physical environment, no one checked on us to see how we were feeling and if we were okay. No one came down to the five and the three-year-old level to see if anything had troubled us or impacted us. And it's all too common in a lot of our homes. We don't look at the those age groups as vital in those situations. But trust me, that's so impactful. All right. You know, things just went back to normal as if something life altering hadn't just happened to us. Gami has us. That's what we call our grandmother. And she's keeping us happy. I think she probably took us by McDonald's that day. And that's fine. But the, the issue was never addressed. So in my early adulthood, I started dealing with anger. Didn't know where it's coming from. But I'd start dealing with angry that that anger that provoked violence in me. So when I would get angry, I would have the I would want to fight like physically get into it you understand what I'm saying and my mindset was that no man is going to ever put his hands on me and live (laughs) you understand what I'm saying like that was my thought because of what I witnessed what I saw I didn't want to seem like I was a weak woman and at five years old that's all I could see I understand better now as an adult so I'm not calling my mom a weak woman it took a lot of strength for her to to navigate through that and get out of it but I as a five I can remember so clearly like I I would think like I I I don't first of all this is never going to happen to me and as I got older and started understanding relationship I swore like a man will never put his hands on me and live you know either he may live but he's going to be um you know disabled or locked up or I don't know I may have gotten locked up for just killing him but that's what happened this traumatic event caused so many triggers for me and which created so many problems during during the the earlier parts of my marriage now I don't know how it impacted my brother because you know he's a he's a man's man and we've never spoken about it and he doesn't act like it it's troubled him but I know for me because I remember I don't even know if my brother remembers but it caused a lot of emotional triggers for me and it definitely caused a lot of issues uh, relational issues for me and my father now thanks to therapy and 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 I have an emotionally supportive tribe I am now resolving those traumatic things from my childhood and I must say this I am feeling freer y'all with every session I am feeling so much freer clearer uh and and that anger to fight is it is definitely decree it has definitely decreased a lot and I said decreased and not totally gone because there are times depending on the subject or depending on the issue oh your girl your girl just be feeling it in her chest and I don't know but I'm working on it I'm working on it I'm getting better and that's far I'm sure in between so we see that family trauma takes on different forms it has different impacts on different children and it would definitely impact us differently as adults this makes it important to exercise awareness fam as as, a, as adults we have to learn how to exercise awareness for ourselves and if we have children under us we have to help those children around us learn how to be aware of the family 
traumatic experiences. Don't be like your parents or your great parents. Make sure you're communicating about these things. If you see the dysfunction, don't leave your children out there to try to figure it out. Pull them in. You don't have time to be uh, proud and trying to cover and, and not be ashamed Deal, help these kids deal with this so they don't grow up like we did in turmoil because of our traumatic experiences in our family. It is not okay to not get help or to get our children help. It's not okay. It's not okay to be in denial about the traumatic experiences and the impacts that they have on you. That's not okay. It's not okay to normalize presenting a false sense of healing and you haven't even addressed your family trauma. That's not okay. It is not okay to dismiss the severity of your traumatic experience just because other family members either don't remember it or maybe they just had a different experience with the trauma. Stop dismissing the severity of yours, though. And it's not okay to n- deny the trauma in the name of faith, in the name of God, Jesus, Holy Spirit, or any other deity you worship. Stop it. These things are not okay, fam. They are not okay. And my hope is that this episode will find you in a space that is now full of awareness and full of a desire to heal from your childhood family trauma, being okay with confronting those things that you need to confront and allowing someone to help you examine and investigate the things you don't remember or understand. I also hope that you have found a sense of validation And just the things that I've shared in this episode, I hope you feel validated in some of your experiences that you've gone through. Trauma in itself can be very tricky now. It can be so tricky to deal with. So please, please, please don't get out there trying to be the long ranger and doing it alone. I'm encouraging you and professionally advising you to get some professional assistance as you emerge from this, these devastations, uh, based from your family uh, traumas and start beginning to heal in those areas of your heart. Get some professional help, guys. I'm here for it all, fam. You know I am. And as your therapeutic coach, if you are stuck with where to begin, you don't have a therapist, you don't have a coach, you don't have a counselor, contact me. If you have those people available in your life, contact them. Like, like soon as you hit, get off this, send them a message, set up an appointment, get in and get some help. But if you're stuck there and you don't have anybody, you always can contact me. Let's begin that healing journey by just setting some emotional goals. Then we're going to implement some tools to aid in fulfilling those goals. And then finally, we will create a healthier sense of awareness for your trajectory. I hope that makes sense. Yeah. I love you, fam. You know I do. So in next, until the next episode... I want you to get into it because you got this. All right? Y'all have a great one.